Welcome back. Man, it's been a minute. It's been a hot minute. What's everybody? What's up, everybody? Thank you all so much for coming back to the R&D podcast. Dale and Ethan back once again. How in the hell is everybody? Hopefully everybody's doing good. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, we're here to recap the uh, Dry Dean 400. We've got a few other topics to get to. The new cars drop since it ha- it's been that long, hasn't it? We can talk about the new car now? Yeah, we can talk about it now. It's been a few weeks yeah. since uh, we, we were here. Yep. Uh, apologize for the delay. Things have been kind of a Chinese fire drill as of recently. I love that term. Hey, life takes place over podcast, so it is what it is. <laughs> Damn straight. Hey, it is what it is, man. So, yeah, you know, everything is good. First off, how everybody, how is everybody doing over there for you, Ethan? Everything is good? Yeah, everything is kosher out here in Vegas. It's nice and nice and quiet on the western front. How's everything back in Connecticut? Yeah, things are going all right. You know, Melissa's day by day pregnant, obviously, still. And now we're about four and a half months four four and a half months i forget i lost count now but yeah everything is going good we're getting more excited and more and more excited and and nervous all at the same time so still good times over here all right all right cool rock and roll so just to get into the nascar part of this of this uh you know aptly named show uh off the wall question what was your favorite throwback from darlington last weekend oh dude that i have trucks xfinity it can be whatever well, the first thing that came into my mind was Corey LaJoy and the number seven ZRX car. That, mm, t- mwah, it, that That is the primo definition of what a throwback should be right there. It was identical to what Alan Kowicki ran in the late 80s. Oh, Corey LaJoy, everybody in that team, just mwah, thank you for bringing that into my life. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a fair, that's a fair call on that one. Uh, I've got to say, last weekend, I was... I gotta say it because it was my favorite. It's probably one of my favorite NASCAR paint schemes ever. Uh, Michael Annette in the one car throwing back to the Die Guard '88 Gatorade car. Ooh, oh, that was good looking too. I that was love, a good looking car. Love that car. I love how simple that thing looks, but simple but sleek at the same time. Uh, An honorable mention. It actually won it for the weekend, but the Johnny Andretti tribute by Eric Jones and the RPM Group. Excellent that stuff. That was a, oh, that was another beautiful scheme. That was very well done. Ugh. Hats off to those guys. That was that was awesome. That was an awesome yeah, scene to look at. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, brought back uh, memories of honestly old like pre- season preview NASCAR magazines. I remember that paint scheme from to be honest, back yeah. when it was a Pontiac. Yeah, yeah, that it was a Pontiac. I mean, obviously the first thing that people are going to remember about that scheme was John Andretti's win at Martinsville in uh, spring of 1999. He drove past Jeff Gordon and Jeff Burton to win that race. That was before Jeff Gordon really became, like, the dominator at Martinsville, so we'll let that one slide. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's right. He didn't really kick it into gear until, like, the 2000s over there. I always thought that the... um... Uh, he, it was almost like he was like Tim Richmond 2.0, if you consider like Days of Thunder. Because <coughs> mm-hmm. uh, I always, re- I always like drew, connected the dot from, oh, they had they portrayed you know Cole Trickle is sucking at Martinsville because Tim Richmond must have sucked at Martinsville because Jeff Gordon sure shit wasn't anything hot at Martinsville to begin with. It was no. <laughs> funny how that all worked out. Yeah, yeah, it was just it was funny how it all how it was all like that too I and. Mean, 
I mean, you could almost say like Tom Cruise, like Tom Cruise and Jeff Gordon, kind of like those like California guys, and like that lo- that that longer flowing hair, kind of same body style, kind of same build. You know, I guess they they could say that. Oh yeah, he was trying to portray Jeff Gordon. No, he was trying to he was portraying uh, Tim Richmond there. Absolutely. Yeah, that's another one that's gone too soon. Far too um, soon. Let's see. So since we've been off for a minute, I'm not really sure where you'd like to start, but I, I think we can just like get into today. <clears throat> we can roll. Say, we can it. roll with however. Yeah, we can roll however we want with it. Yeah, I was a little. Much. The reason why I messaged you what I messaged you early about it being a great race, and it wasn't even thirty laps in. It just had the makings of it. I was a little concerned of. It seems like it was popping up a little bit today about people, you know, I was concerned about how it's been the running narrative, how Truex has been dominating. There there wasn't a lot of passing going on for the lead. There wasn't a lot of contention for it, but I thought the race played out the way a race ought to play out for the most part. If, if you it catch was. my drift. Yes, it was. It was a quintessential Dover race. Dover has always been a track that's very hard to pass on. I don't know if it's just a combination of the concrete surface and just the way how how long and wide and sweeping the corners are, but it's tough to complete passes at Dover. Um, I mean, and the race was very good. Cars were sliding. People were fighting the wheel. Uh, It was enjoyable to watch, but, I mean, it's kind of the rule of racing that if you have a really good car, you're going to be tough to pass, and... At a track like Dover, it's going to be tough to pass the leader. So, uh, you know, kind of like with Darlington, too, where Truex kind of smoked the field there at Darlington. Like, okay, yeah, Truex had a big lead, and he dominated that race, but everything else on the track was very, very wonderful to watch. I had a blast watching Darlington and Dover. I could care less about the lead changes. Anytime the drivers are working, it's a good race because it's it's showing their ta- their real talent level. That's that's the big difference between you know the 550 and the 750 is you know the off throttle time as well as the steering input because you've got so much more horsepower. Right, and and you know truth be told, I mean it, there's it's not that and everybody was on the case last week like oh my god low downforce and oh my god the it, everybody was a tenth place was a lap down and this that the other thing it, so what. I mean, you know, and it's it's not only, not only that. There was a thing that I think I shared with you a couple of weeks ago. Um, they were like, everyone's like, oh, Martin Truex killed the low downforce package. Remember in 17 and 18, they had that shit yeah, figured yeah, yeah. out. They had it figured out over there at Furniture Row. That picture where Truex was going to win at Kentucky by like 11 seconds over Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch. And I was like, well, take Truex out of the picture. Like, if you look at the that picture up at the top right, Kyle Larson, yeah, he was like 11 seconds behind. Kyle Busch was like 11 and a half seconds behind. Remove Truex out of the picture, and br- imagine if it was Kyle Larson and Kyle Busch. They'd have had a hell of a battle for the lead. But you guys choose not to look at that. You just like to say, oh, well, one guy stomped the field. People get caught up on clean air, I think. I- I'm shocked that clean air comes into play as much as they say it does. Like, Dover, as much as they talked about clean air... It's a one-mile track, and it's banked like crazy. Like, I don't... I don't know. It reminds... Honestly, Dover reminds me of being a bigger Bristol. And it really is. Especially with the sensation of speed and the bowl. I've been to Dover. Dover, the weight car... The elevation change that they mentioned on the broadcast, it's a 15-foot... It's a two-story drop from... You know, entry to one to you know the low point of turn two or so. You know what I mean? 
it's mm-hmm. it, it this track is just built for excitement and i'm yeah but and it, but it it's it's amazing that clean air still plays that much of a factor into it is like i guess i'm more or less uh trying to understand why it, it happens that way out loud I, I, because I, and I firmly believe just understanding the vehicles. I mean, the cars nowadays are more highly aero sensitive. Maybe back in the day when you and I watched Gen 4 cars, it maybe wasn't as predominant. But, I mean, it is a one-mile track, but it's, like you said, it's a high-banked half-mile track. There's a lot of speed with these cars at this track. And it's also, you're in the corners for a long time. It is, yep. it's, it, not only is it a bigger Bristol, but I feel think it's more of like a it's kind of almost like atlanta in the sense that you're in the corners for so long that you it's really yeah it's you're in the corners for a long time so yeah arrow can come into play is and of course i'm tired of the arrow dynamics argument and stuff like that i'm tired of that i know you're just as tired of that argument as well but i mean we know unfortunately team small blade yeah, exactly. No, no, no spoiler. Well, rat it. No, no rip need the, to rip say the splitters else. off of it. Rip the splitters off yeah, of it too, and we'll have yeah. we'll have a better racing. Let's package. get some ride height back in there. That's right. But yeah, either way, it's just you know it, that's just that's just how it is. It, physics in in a perfect world of physics, you're never going to get rid of clean air. Clean air is always going to have some type of benefit, even if you make the cars look like a brick. <laughs> no question about that. Because that's, I mean, that's the cleanest air because it's the least manipulated air. Exactly. And, I mean, we tried it before. We did. We tried it. Did you did you know that we tried to do that once before? It was called the COT when we made the cars look like a brick. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe we can do a podcast in the offseason on the COT. We can air our grievances with it and figure we out could. why it could have done better. I mean... <laughs> Honestly, it wasn't. I didn't think the COT was that bad once they took the fucking wing off of it. Once it, it was went actually back, deep. spoiler. It was like, okay, I can kind of vibe with this. And then, and people still talk about, you know, 2014, 2015, like, oh, can we get that arrow package back? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I agree too, but I have evidence to support my claim. Um, that I could touch on on another, on another topic about 2011 being a very very competitive season. That was the year that they took, not the, the 2010 was the year that they took the they they removed the wing and put the spoiler back on the car. But they but they kept the front end with the sticking out splitter and it looked atrocious. 2011 was when they reworked that front end and they made it look good. So. When they did all of that work in NASCAR, I think they claimed, oh, there's no difference with the arrow or whatever the case is. But I have I have a fact. I have a couple of number one facts that just says that 2011 was actually a very competitive year. And it was actually a good year, too. Not even just because of the Edwards and Stewart championship battle. I'm talking about, like, competitiveness across the board. Like, it was a good year. So, I mean, the COT, yeah, at first right, it was nothing, ugly. Nothing. Just give me, but, give me you know. one, just for context... If 2011 was a competitive year, what what do you? Because th- I feel like just about every NASCAR year is great. Just as a fan of NASCAR, what constitutes a bad season? Be it um, be it in your personal opinion or in today's NASCAR, what do you think constitutes like a bad? What makes up a bad season? What would make drive that drive the quality down that bad? Well, a bad season would be obviously the on track product, um, but. 
a lot of people will say, oh, well, the Darlington race and the Atlanta race this year, blah, 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 field guys. Brought. That's not what I look at. When I look at it, and, and, and as much as I am biased to this, 2007 was a terrible year for competition. As much as I loved it as a Jeff Gordon fan, and I know you loved oh, it too. Oh, yeah, seven seven wins, the Gordon-Johnson battle. But it was pretty much just those two. There wasn't a Hendrick, – Hendrick, it was almost like – honestly, it felt like they were above everybody when it came to the COT. Not only that, it was Chevrolet. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's Because too. I was – I was actually revisiting this video on YouTube earlier today. Uh, the video was called Jeff Gordon Forces Kyle Petty into Retirement. It was Jeff Gordon's win at Pocono that year. Remember when they played that back asward strategy? His spotter said that the rain was coming, so they elected to yep. stay out under that caution because they knew the rain was coming. And then it was like 20 or 30 laps later, the rain came and it shortened the race, and he won the race. Mm-hmm. But during the broadcast, when they announced Gordon had won the race at Pocono, that was race 14 of the year. That was not only Jeff Gordon's fourth win of the year, which, I mean, granted, was wonderful as a Gordon fan. Um, coming off the previous couple of seasons where he missed the chase and had only won twice in 06 or something like that. But um, Bill Weber said that this was the 14th race of the year, and Chevrolet had won 13 of the 14 races that year. Yeah, that's... Uh... Yeah, because I remember Harvick had some speed that oh uh, seven. That was the year. Yeah, Harvick won his first. That's his only Daytona 500 one so far. Yes. That was the year he eked out Mark Martin in the Army car. Uh, yeah. I remember the COT. As far as like speaking to Chevrolet's dominance, I can just I recollect Jeff Burton winning a race in the COT, and I was like, huh, because. Burton, it was mm-hmm. almost like he was having a, a bit of a career resurgence after yeah. things didn't work out with Roush, and he had those competitive mm-hmm. seasons at RCR, and that was like his last hurrah. That was. Yep. Do you? I mean, it was kind of. It's funny to think back at it now. He, he won the 2008 uh, Fall Charlotte race. I think he yeah, beat Casey Kane or Tony Stewart. Yeah. That was his last win, I believe. It was either that or. No, I think that was his last win. But there was a COT win, I think he had at Dover. Or he had a big battle with Matt Kenseth, anyway. That was not COT. That was still in the Gen 4 car. Oh, uh, okay. All right. I knew That was, was 2000 and 2006, I think it was. Okay. That I was, was in his the big... Park, but not quite the right one. Yes. Yes. You were in the ballpark. I will give you that. Not the right the COT. The COT was five months away from becoming the regular car yeah and that that was a weird season too because it was it was an integrated season it was half cot half uh you know gen four yeah they ran the cot i think for like short tracks road courses and miles yeah it was like yeah it was like half and half i don't know if it was like exactly half but it was like 16 races or something like that they ran the cot something like that Something like that, but yeah, to me, that's what kind of kind of constitutes a bad season is when the same people kind of keep winning. Like last year, I mean, eh, it wasn't a bad season. I'm mean, Harvick won a lot, and Hamlin won a lot. 2008 was kind of a bad year because you had the same three people, but at the same time, it was <laughs> mediocre. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as people like to say it was because i feel like the racing was decent in 2018 i mean yeah you had the same people winning but the racing was decent we had the low down force package right 
2015. Oh, that was Joey Logano's championship season. Yes, it was. True, XL said. He ain't winning the damn war. And uh, he won the damn war. Yeah, unfortunately, he won the damn war. He won the damn war. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, Martin wasn't going to just... Martin being Martin wasn't just going to haul off and wreck his ass. I mean, he could have he could have drove him a lot harder, I feel like, for the lead. I thought he could have made it a lot harder when Logano passed him at Homestead, but that's just me as I, a trick. I really felt like he took it by surprise just by the way it happened. I think Logano said... He was like, there's no way Logano's going to send it off this deep and it's going to stick. And then he was like, oh, it stuck. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Maybe that's what happened. Joey had a short run car that day, and we didn't. Yeah, no, no kidding. That's all that came down to. That late race caution, I was just like, ugh. And then yeah. he, I mean, Martin came out and lead, but soon as soon as it was like ten laps in, I was like, oh, here comes that twenty-two again. Yeah, that's right. That's what they're famous for. But, that's what those Penske cars are famous for. Their short runs. Uh, nah, I don't think. That. Logano maybe, but Keselowski he's been he's whooped the field a few times. Like remember when he led four he led four hundred and forty something laps at Martinsville last spring? Yeah. It was like the, yeah, it was a spring was before or something, year, yeah. There was another year he uh I wanna say he led three quarters of a Richmond race. I think that was sixteen? Was it the sixteen race or no? No no no. I thought it was nine seventeen. Nineteen might have been nineteen. Okay. Maybe it's a lot more recent than I thought, but yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's 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 been good. I mean, yeah, he stomped the field in New Hampshire last year, kind of doing the same yeah, thing. There was that one too. Um, and yeah, boy, they can't he, wait to get their crew chief back. No, no offense no. to who's running the show today, but they were missing both their crew chief and their car chief today, and, and it's speaking, been two weeks and, without Jeremy Bullens. Yeah, it's been a couple of weeks, and I bet he's looking for his crew chief back soon. I don't know he's uh, what happened with that. Race this year. Yeah, I don't know what in the hell happened to that two car today or how they set that thing up, but there was three or four times he sent that thing off in the turn one today, and he took oh, out whoever the fuck was. He almost took out whoever was on the outside of him. He did it to Harvick, his the teammate. <laughs> Logano almost took him out, too. It I don't wasn't know exactly a nice day. It wasn't a great day for Penske. Ryan Blaney had speed, and Logano had track position at times, but they didn't. Keselowski was a non-factor. Yeah, uh, Keselowski was there. I mean, and he was in the top ten. But... Oh man, I, that was, they were out to lunch. Bad. I don't know where the they went. They even said it on Twitter. It wasn't even like a hundred laps in. I was like, damn. He was. Yeah. He wound up at least five laps down. He did. I watched. I looked at it. He was five laps down. That car handled any shittier. Kyle Busch would have passed. Kyle Busch and his freaking non-spark plug wire having ass would have beat him. Oh, it was Kyle Busch too. The old Kyle Busch. I don't. uh, He might have clutched it. (laughs) (laughs) He might have clutched it. He might have cold trickled that motherfucker. That's it. We're done. That's it. We're done. (laughs) Kyle, what happened to it? And it's like Kyle jumps out of the car and walks away. It's kind of like the scene from the movie. The crew chief goes over there and, like, hits the needle on attack, and it shows, like, 9,600. It's like, what in the hell are you doing? How'd the engine get to that get that high? But, yeah, kudos to Kyle cold when the engine hits 9,000 RPM, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> that's that's oh, bad right there. Man. 
Uh, oh, I love that movie so much. Oh, it was such a good movie. Yeah, as, in, as inaccurate as it was at times, it was a great NASCAR movie. Yes. Yes, it was. Pretty but, sure it no, said, like, so, Phoenix International Raceway at the bottom of the screen. They were a Darlington. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Who did, yeah, who did I know. edit this? Yeah, no kidding. They'd show scenes that they'd be supposed to be at, like, Daytona, and they're showing scenes from Darlington. They're showing scenes or from Rockingham. Rockingham. It's like, no. No. Really? <laughs> Although the stuff is... It was definitely more, um... Storybook, I guess, correct. Uh, period era correct than oh, anything yeah. else. But I just... Yeah. Still a great movie, though. It was. Great movie. All the way. I'm probably due to watch it soon. Hell yeah. Gotta man. refresh myself. Uh, but no. let's, let's see. What else can we get to from the, uh, the Dryden 400? Ah! We gotta talk about your favorite driver, Chase Elliott, and the whole Hendrick Brigade, because uh, Mr. Mm. Hendrick was a very happy man today. One, yes, two, three, four. Let me tell you something. As a Hendrick fan, all this warmed my heart. You must have been doing so laps much. in the living room today. Circle the fucking wagons. Even if Chase doesn't win, what a day. Oh my god, it was it was so amazing to watch, and I yeah, and as a Jeff former Jeff Gordon fan, you know that PTSD kicks in with like fifty laps to go, and I'm like, this is too perfect. Waiting for the Some caution or thing, something. Yeah. I am waiting for the caution to come out, waiting for the caution to come out, so it can, so we can, something can happen. But nope, it didn't happen, and I'm happy. All four Hendrick cars, one, two, three, four. It was beautiful. Chase got himself a good run. William Byron has really surprised me this year. His It's like his 11th or 12th straight top 10 finish. Like, that is well done. I really think when we hit on it with his crew chief pairing this year, that same one from the truck series, Rudy that, has, that has done yeah. wonders for him. Rudy Fugel, they, they got a whole new swagger, man. Like, I, I'm not saying Chad, <laughs> Chad Knauss is too old, but... I mean, there's there's a generational gap there in mentalities between Canales and Byron, just in age. And Canales mm-hmm. is coming from working with Jimmy Johnson. Like, that's not a step down because William Byron's clearly a talented driver, but it's it's a it's a whole different ocean to go swimming in. Yeah, I agree. And I think maybe you hit on it with the generational thing because Jimmy Johnson and Chad Canales are much closer in age than he and William Byron are. It's almost like father-son instead of, you know, best friend, best friend. Right. It's like, if I had to, it's like if I was crew chief and you, and then I had to crew chief, uh, I don't don't know, somebody else that was half my age. Kelly Jr.? Yeah, right. But even Kelly Jr. Yeah, but 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 he's, he's different. He's an exception. He already knows what he's doing really well. Kelly Jr. He didn't need my help. <laughs> uh, he would, the, no, the, that kid came in tore it. Oh, <laughs> that kid. I mean, I helped him out when he first came in, and then, I mean, I would start giving him my setups. It's like I started handing him, giving him my setups, and he started beating me with my own setups. It's like here, take my baseball bat and beat me over the head with it. <laughs> he he was awesome oh, though. He he did. He really. He really stepped up his game, and he was wonderful to race against. Great teammate, great family. Kelly Sr., Kelly Jr., awesome guys. So, Oh, yeah. Seconded on that. I, I don't need I – can't, I can't add any more cherries on top of that someday. Hell, no. No, wonderful. Hope they're doing good. 
I miss my enough world. Miss the enough world days, man. Sometimes. Oh yeah, that's I miss that. I miss sweating my ass off on a Saturday night, getting angry. Yeah, <laughs> getting angry. What the fuck getting is angry. wrong with my car? <laughs> oh, Ethan, every you're not driving while, her right. shine on. Yeah, every once in a while the sun would shine on my ass and I'd win. Nah, let me yeah. stop. I, I, I had some talent. You on the other hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the sun you would shine on You on the other hand would be like... I was thinking about this the other day. It'd be either you or Abitaz for, uh, what do you call it, um, the goat. As far as that. I'm, I, yeah. Your record speaks <laughs> for itself. I, I don't think he can top you there. No, I really don't think so. And I don't like to toot my own horn, but toot toot. 50. You got the hard, you remember, got the literal hardware to back it up, so literally two champ, two cup championships, three pure sim championships. Um last time I think I checked that I have to kind of revisit the record book. I think the record book is dead now, but the record book I think says something about 53 cup wins if I count correctly. You're up there with Rusty. Yeah, 53. Uh, and that's not even including maybe the handful of RSN wins that I had after Nuff World kind of shut the doors. But I, it, mm. <laughs> my favorite streak was winning literally five. No, not five. Yeah, was it five? It was five straight Martinsville five races. Pokemon? Oh, Martinsville. Yeah, I won five straight Martinsville oh. races. I think Abbott won... Abitaz won the fall 2008 race, and he was the last person that was not named Dale to win at Martinsville Enough World until they went to Arca in the middle of 2011. Damn. Yeah, you went on a tear for a minute there. It was like every week. It was like, oh, who's finishing second to Dale? Yeah. <laughs> and I'll never forget how... I mean, it was it was incredible to... I loved it, man. Honestly, truth be told, I took it way too seriously. I shouldn't have taken it as seriously. But, I mean, I was also a teenager, and I was working part-time. What else did I have to do in my free time? I would, I'd get home from shop right at 11 o'clock at night. And, don't be too hard on your former self. Well, yeah, I'd come home from shop right at 10 or 11 o'clock at night, and I'd sit there building a setup until 3 a.m. <laughs> and I'd well, do that almost every you day. you pretty damn good doing it. I will, and I think we touched on this before, but like I said, I was getting frustrated because I love Pocono to death, and I I was good, but I was I was all right at Pocono for a couple of years when I first joined. I was like, I need I need to I need to win at Pocono, like I have to, like this is like, I I just have to. So when in like the beginning of 2010, I started tuning on this Pocono setup. Ethan, I tuned on this Pocono setup. You know, you know, but I'll explain to the people listening. This Pocono setup, I literally tuned it for six months before we even got to Pocono that year. Yeah, I remember that. You had something in the works. I was tuning on this thing since late January. That was like your little T-Rex car, your little baby. That was. That was my baby. That was the that was the year. I forget who the painter was. I forget who it was. I think it was um, Sablu. I think it was who painted. Yeah. He, he stuck a Corsica template on that car, and I put I it in the that. game. And that night, I put it in the game, and I started tuning on Pocono. 
Those were the days. That they were. Uh, that they were. So, yeah, shout out to our Enough World guys, if you're, any of you guys are listening. Um, yeah, I miss it, man. I miss the family camaraderie that it used to be back in the day, spending every Thursday night and Saturday night in front of the uh, the old Xbox and then eventually got to be the computer. We placed NASCAR 09 on the Xbox 360. Then we moved to Arca Sim Racing. So I miss you guys. Shout out to you guys. Much love to y'all. Hell yeah. Those are the fucking days back then, man. Uh, <laughs> where we 100%, met, man. 100% races. Yeah. That's where we met, ladies and gentlemen. We met through being in Nuff World. <laughs> this, this, lifelong, this lifelong friendship started because we were racing online in the same league. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't mean and to get we side, sidetracked for a second there, by the way. I'll, I'll fully admit that uh, I'm, I'm watching playoff hockey, trying to keep track of that at the same time. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah don't worry Flor- about Florida's it. playing Tampa Bay right now, so go Panthers. Oh, hooray. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Yeah, then we were like, hey, you're a Gordon fan? Hey, you're a Gordon fan, too. Hey, you're pretty chill. Where are you from? I'm from Connecticut. Oh, shit, I'm from Mass. Bam. It started right there. <laughs> That it did. Meet up, met up at Loudon a few times. Trip to Charlotte. Yeah, man. Good times. That was when we met everybody in No World. That was cool. Oh, yeah. Did smoke a little smoke with uh, Chapman there. Went to the ABC store. I remember. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I remember the... Uh, what the hell did we get? Uh, Rebel Yell. I got a bottle of Rebel Yell. You got Rebel Yell. That's right. I got Cheerwine. I remember that because... That was a big thing, apparently. Cheerwine is like... Cheerwine and really Sundrop. Bent. Yes. Ugh, Sundrop. That Cheerwine was delicious. I don't I don't know if I had the Cheerwine. I th- if I remember, it kind of tasted like Dr. Pepper, but I, I was that definitely was the all reason. about the Sundrop. Yeah, I mean, that's the reason why I got the Cheerwine, because I'm a Dr. Pepper person, man. I love Dr. Pepper. So The Cheerwine was wonderful, though, but you can't get it up here. Indeed. So, yeah, I mean, we were off on a tangent just kind of sitting here talking about Enough World and stuff like that, which is wonderful. And I said, this show, we're kind of going off tangent a little bit, but that's okay because this is what we do. This is our show. And, (laughs) you know, it's been a few weeks. It's it's literally been, I mean, it's been like, what, three weeks since we did our last one? So, I mean, we're Uh, pretty much starting off on square one again. Is it two? Yeah. I think it's Either way, it's. Either way, we're still starting out from pretty much from square one. It was before Talladega. Yeah, something like yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, so yeah, but, you, like, you are right. It has been probably three weeks. So, pardon me. Yeah, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, you know, things happen. Life happens. Oh yeah. <laughs> Life happens, man. Grab a shovel and shovel the shit. Sometimes, right? Yeah, Tampa Bay is gonna have to shovel some shit now. Florida just scored. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> uh, so, let's see, I missed. I was at work for the Arca and Xfinity race. There was a modified race that Mike Joy mentioned on broadcast today. Doug Kobe got it done up in Riverhead. Yes, he, he did. Was, he yep. was actually bragging about that. Uh, Justin Bonson, you are kind of run shit at that place. Is known to. And Doug Kobe got a win there before Justin Monsignor could get a win at Stafford, which is Doug, Go- Doug Kobe's, uh, basically Doug Kobe's uh, house of worship. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Yeah, Stafford has been Between all him Doug and Kobe. Keith Rocco. That's right. Yeah, no, and, well, congrats to Doug Kobe on that, too. I mean, I, I guess 
what Ryan Priest was in that race, and I guess he got stuffed flat into the tire. wall or something like that. Oh, he got a yeah, flat, flat tire. tire. Okay. I think. <clears throat> That's cool, though. Yeah, Doug Kobe, what? good guy. Oh, absolutely. He's a winner. Well, no, Justin Bonsignor won the title last year, but at one point, Doug Kobe won five straight, I believe, titles in the mods, and yeah, he knows how to get it done. Killer. Freaking killer. Speaking of this past weekend, uh, and this the Xfinity race was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Lots of entertaining things there. Even the cra- there was a crash on the backstretch. I forget who the heck, who it was. But uh, some guy, someone Matt parked. Jaskel in the 13. Uh, Jesse Little in the 78. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was funny. Was. <laughs> it was funny because I was watching it and... Uh, you saw the roof of the car like from the front from the grandstands like you see the roof of the car obviously on the backstretch but like the way that they ended up like there was a car on top of the other and i was like oh damn what the hell happened right but it's like it that that takes a lot at dover like yeah i know they 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 wreck together a lot and they've kind of you know obviously it's the monster mile for a reason but it's like for somebody to be on top of somebody else that that takes a lot that takes some, something went way left of no-no over there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was a, I mean, oh, yeah. what do you call it? A, uh, just not a, not a wreck that you see every day, plain and simple. I mean, it, you see no. a car backed up over another one, you know something went sideways in a way that you probably weren't thinking was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, no, definitely not. It was just kind of funny to kind of look back on it, though, and just be like, excuse me, I'm just going to park my car here for a second. Like, do you mind? <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to sit here real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, this is a shitty place to come to arrest. I can't even drive off this rock. That's right, exactly. Here, you want to smell what I have for breakfast? Let me rub my car up. You can smell my exhaust. You get a good whiff of that. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I that race was pretty pretty much dominated by the JRM guys. Um, I forget what happened in that final sequence. Pretty much what happened was that the JRM guys, um, Allgaier and Josh Berry, they ran really good. I think Noah Gragson was up front too, which, by the way, if we're keeping track, this is like the third straight podcast where nobody's fought Gragson, so I think that's a record. Yeah, it's been a minute since he's uh, got into trouble with uh, a fellow competitor. So good, good job, Gregson. Good job. I, 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 mean, I if you want to call the, it, um, if you want to call it getting in trouble, I don't, I don't know. Getting in trouble. I hear those. I, I don't know. I, I guess he must be taking his CBD gummies or something because he seems to be chilling out a little bit. So, I hey, I don't, I don't mind any of Gregson's perceived antics. I mean, some, it, you can't berate someone for having a personality, in my opinion. And NASCAR, oh, it wasn't. How, what are we like? We're not that far removed from boys have at it. Like a lot of people know what that meant, knew what that meant That's when NASCAR right. said it. Like it's, there's no beating around the bush with that statement. No, so, no, absolutely. To have not. someone who's willing to um, live and breathe those words, I suppose, then hey, good, good for Noah Gregson. Yeah, yeah, you know, good for him. You know what? Eh. Almost in a strange sense, too, that no publicity or, like, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Like, we're, we're sitting here talking about him, and he yeah. didn't win the race. Like, 15. you know, that, that's a good thing. Yeah. 
But the other like three, Kyle Bush. Yeah. Yeah, Kyle Bush is yeah, because there was definitely a period of time where Kyle Bush, you were talking about him whether he ran well or didn't. Yeah, it, exactly. You, know, you never know what was going to come out of his mouth in the media center or anything. Yeah, pretty much. I, you know, it didn't matter. You know, somebody who's as Mike Joy, I think, calls it as polarizing a figure as Kyle Bush. He he draws attention whether it's good or bad or whether you care or you don't care. Like. He draws attention. Absolutely. Well, he's... I would say he's mellowed. He, um, and, Kurt, he and Kurt both. But he Not as much as Kurt, but I feel like Kyle's mellowed. Yes. I think that's only just by age. I think maybe having his son has maybe made him think a little differently, but yeah, Kyle Busch is not maybe as rough around the edges... But he still has his edges. Uh, I mean, that's what makes him Kyle Busch, though. That's right. And exactly that's why we're talking about him like this. <laughs> exactly. Kyle Busch will always be Kyle Busch. So uh, I just saw a stat, uh, just to get back into this weekend, what happened in today's race. Eric Almirola has finished outside of the top 20 in 9 out of the 13 races this year. That guy nine <laughs> out of thirteen. If he didn't, if he, if not for bad luck, he'd have none. I, I, that he cannot. I. I mean, we've what, covered it before to... on this podcast. You know what? I'll just go to that instead. Hold on. Let me just put this topic in a a bigger topic. SHR, man, struggling. I mean, Harvick went, ran all right today. I think Cole Cutter, mm-hmm. I think he might have wound up 10th. Or I might I think he was, yeah, he was, I mean, he was up there. He was like outside of the, just outside of the top yeah, 10, I think. And Almirola had, had some speed. But, you know, at the end of the day, bad luck strikes again. That was a weird, he, he said it wasn't a right front tire. Something broke, and that was odd looking break and a shitty place to do it but like he said in his post post crash interview there ain't no good place to wreck at dover absolutely um, not so and chase briscoe trying trying his ass off to stay on the lead lap he gets up in the wall yeah another another tough surprise. afternoon for shr but almirola especially just ooh, rough, season. rough season i he, uh, I'm trying to think of a good like one-liner to come up with this, but it's so his season is so bad. I can't even get find a one-liner. I can't think of a one-liner to give him because it's that fucking bad. Like, right. I uh, you know you know the whole like he can't punch his way out of wet paper bag or like you know he he couldn't he couldn't buy oxygen if he was even if he was out of breath or whatever the hell like. He's had such a rough go this season, man, and it that sucks. It sucks to see someone as 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 good and likable as Almirola is to be struggling this hard, just like for no reason, too. But it doesn't surprise me that it's a mechanical failure. Dover is a very rough track on suspension components, and we've seen it before. Jimmy Johnson had a broken ball joint not a not three or four years ago. Remember? 
in the chase. He had a broken ball joint. That car left pit road, and they didn't even take the green flag because the ball joint was broken, and that eliminated oh, from the chase that year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, with the elevation change and cars, I mean, you talk about the splitter, cars slamming down and the, how the bodies travel across the racetrack. There's a lot of divotry, if, if that's, I think I just made a word, uh, in Dover. I like There's it, There's a though. lot of... I, <laughs> I like it, though. I like it. Divotry. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of... Or you, you might say the track has a lot of character. Is yes. Another word. A, a better general way of saying it, but yeah, mm. I, I, that's another thing I wanted to echo in um, Alex Bowman's post race interview. Uh, can we can we do a double header at Dover, like two? Oh my like, god, please, yes, three hundred, like a all right, a two fifty on Saturday and a three hundred miler on Sunday. Who says no? I don't think anybody would say no. I sure as hell wouldn't. I'd be all on board for that. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm not, you might have to, like, scrap the stages, maybe, but, yeah, no, you can maybe find a way to make stages work. Just, you don't have to have a pit stop in a stage. Like, no. if we're going to manufacture entertainment, we might as well open up all the options, is, I, guess, I guess what I'm saying. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay, run a 50-lap it... stage, then a 50-lap stage, and a 150-lap last stage. Yeah, damn right. And that's what I think, too. I think stages should be short. I think the first two stages should be, at most, half of what the last stage is. At most. Like, quarter, quarter, and then half. But, oh, yeah. that's Well, that's how they generally scheme it up, or draw it up, it seems like. Yeah. They definitely... Uh, NASCAR wanted to make the stages longer so that it was more equal for, like, first, second, and third stage. It's like, no, I don't like that. I, well, I don't. They, they're doing... They're probably doing the, the Coke 600 uh, is going to have four stages again, right? I think that's what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. Like, 100, 100, 100, 100. I mean, I, I, I guess I can I'm understand it for, for that race. For it's a crown that jewel. Race, it's a I, special event. You, why not? I, I agree. That race is long enough as it is. I would, I'm would i okay with that. Yeah. But if it really were up to me, I would make him do 100, 100, and 200. <laughs> but that's me, and that's ah. old school me. Oh, oh, and hey, some that's, of, oh, that's good to have a little bit of I, difference. I, I don't think they're ever really going to do what I'd like them to do as far as with the stages. Instead of having the caution flags just like keep going green but give the points out, I don't. I would. Restarts are too crucial to the entertainment product that they're going after because restarts. A lot of today's big action in NASCAR happens off of restarts. So yeah. A pipe dream on my part. I feel like. But if I was the president of NASCAR for a day. <laughs> <laughs> if I was believe. president of NASCAR for a day. <laughs> yeah. Because that would yeah. that would lessen the interference of with the purity of the race yes yeah, air quotes of course P the purity and that's yes. that's kind of the thing that i and that's the thing that i would agree with too the, the the purity the naturality of the way a race plays out like that's a big thing to me it's I the reason that's... why i it's the reason why i love that atlanta race because yeah we had stages but that race played out it was long green runs darlington was wonderful 
Yep, yeah, Darlington was wonderful. Dover was good. I it was, you know, the naturality and the purity of just letting the guys race, throw the green flag, let them do what they fucking do best, and just leave them alone. That's that's what I'm. That's what I want. I mean, that's all. That's what I'm looking after is uh, the naturality of the race. That's all I'm looking for, and I think that's what you're looking for too. I, I agree with you entirely that don't throw the caution for the stages like just deal out the points but let the strategy and everything just play it out if the guys if if they're going to how am i going to say this there are races where the guys just don't have their heads on and they're wrecking each other kind of like the xfinity race the xfinity race started off they had a bunch of cautions if the guys are going to wreck a ton of times then let them wreck a ton of times but if they're going to decide to settle in and ride it out don't throw a caution for stages and to intentionally bunch the field up like let them keep going let them do what they do uh, that some people maybe don't understand that some of the maybe the newer generation fans don't understand that but to me that's i that letting it net play out naturally is just way more it means more to me than trying to make to manufacture the drama with the restarts i think when you look at a race contextually it bugs me when i see a fast car get taken out on a restart that like after like a caution that didn't need to happen type of thing Mm -hmm. like that car was far and away fine and then yeah it just yeah it just bothers me when that happens even though it is a, a byproduct of racing it's just like unnecessary cautions that's yeah that's my bitch basically we need pretty less unnecessary uh, unnecessary cautions the better i agree i mean okay if somebody hits the wall fucking head on and we need to park the cars on the backstretch for a red flag because you gotta dig the fucking nose of the car out of the wall then fine but uh, don't throw a caution for stages when nobody wrecks or even at the point where somebody spins out and they're spinning off like way like like the backstretch of Kansas, that shit's all paved. Somebody spins way off at the on the backstretch of Kansas and they throw a caution. We don't need a caution for that, right? Especially if they got back going. If they just did a three sixty and kept going, we don't need a caution for that. Or the me, tire in Kansas, we didn't need a fucking yellow for that. Yeah, that shit irritated me too that that's a whole nother thing that we can open up to that that tire at kansas that ruined it that ruined that entire fucking race <laughs> yeah kyle larson was gonna run away with that shit and then nope yeah big fucking nope for the tire that was i i i i think they could have fucking put they could have put a ruler in between the fucking end of pit lane and where the edge of that tire was it was probably three fucking feet it was not going anywhere and if somebody was going to hit that tire something would have had to have something would have already been really really wrong for a t- for a car to have been that far yeah. into fucking grass like you would have been throwing a you would have been throwing a caution anyways i think uh, you're either spinning through the infield or you're you know trying to avoid something on pit road yeah but even still, I mean, that was the last green flag stop of the day. That that was the last stop for all we know. Okay, and even if the caution did come out for something, mm-hmm. could have had a crewman just run out there real quick and roll it back. 
like they did, like they actually did. They threw the caution as soon as all the pit cycles were done, and they had a NASCAR official just go trotting across the track and go and pick it up. I thought they should have had somebody do it. Remember that Atlanta race from like 08 or 09? The tire rolled like halfway across the front stretch, and the crew member under green went out there and got the tire. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) They should have done that. (laughs) They should have did that. That would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have saved us. It would have. Absolutely would have. Maybe Chris Buescher would have made every... Uh, oh no, Chris Busher still would have been screwed. No, Chris Busher wouldn't yeah. have done what he did <laughs> if someone had ran right. out the tire. He would have come come to pit road. He would have came to pit road 15 laps sooner if that was the case. Yeah, I just don't like that NASCAR. Like, I mean, he knew what NASCAR was gonna do. If everybody else knew what they were gonna do, then why? I don't know. Yeah, I didn't like that call at all. They should have just let it run green. Anyways, to get yeah. more get to a more current tangent. Uh, all right, yeah, Coda's coming up. That's gonna be fucking great. Uh, uh, more road courses. Yes, I agree. And as much as I know that we kind of talk funnily, you know, I, funnily, funnily, laugh laughably, I guess, about like F one. I was playing F one, uh, not too long ago, and I. I came up on the part of the season where it was Coda. And so, like, yes, I know that Coda, I know what Coda is and I know the track, but like, just revisiting it. And like, this time that I was playing it, I was obviously playing F1, but I'm kind of thinking about it. And I'm like, whew, this is going to be interesting with the cup cars on it. I mean, it's interesting with the F1 cars, but <laughs> you put the cup cars on it. Mike Joy said one thing best today. In my experience with that track from running on Forza, I can tell you Mike Joy is right that he says when you miss the S's, you miss all of them. You miss every damn one of them. That's right. Yeah, it's, when you fuck up the S's at that track, it, it, it ain't pretty. It's a, it's a tight, it's a very technical track. It's not easy mm-hmm. to get a rhythm there, at least for me. Yeah, it is very difficult. Those S's to me, and I don't know in your experience, but those S's to me kind of almost have a the the suzuka feel to them you know those little back and forth s's and suzuka at least on the east circuit yeah it reminds me of that or you know those shots that you see of guys just blowing through the grass at uh riverside oh yeah that time dale and her kind of grass yeah it kind of reminds me of that yeah it it's definitely going to be a challenge for the drivers um those that actually got in for the tire test i feel like are going to have a handful or not, not a handful, but they're going to have a big advantage um, for practice because we are actually going to get practice and qualifying, uh, which is nice. That's going to be nice to see, uh, to see that come back. Um, but oh, I believe boy. that I like Martin Truex's chances a lot more. Pardon my bias. No, it's, yeah, it's all good. After today, your boy is going to be in good shape. I can't wait to see. Maybe it'll be the Chase and Martin show next Sunday. We shall see. I mean, we've seen it twice before with Watkins Glen. Who's to say we can't get a third showing of that? Mm. And Chase Although is going to win this year. He's, uh, he's going to be a hungry motherfucker. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some people that are saying that he kind of got robbed at the Daytona Road Course. I don't believe that. You know, that, it's, that's called racing. But, I mean, you know, he may, yeah, maybe. He might have made save of the year, though. Not that he's going to get an award for that, but that was yeah. a great driving that day. 
Yeah, he yeah he missed. I don't even know how he missed that damn billboard going through the grass. It was I wouldn't I wouldn't have stuck a piece of paper between the front end of that car and that billboard. Right. But he he did it, a hell of a save there. A wonderful save. It's not like like you're saying. It's, he's not going to get an award at the banquet. He's like best save of the year. Chase Elliott. Yeah, it's not happening. It might make the highlight reel, but he won't be pleased about it. No, that's exactly. <laughs> he's like, really? This is a damn highlight. Y'all can't show like any other thing else other than my damn almost wrecking. That <laughs> <laughs> that Daytona road course is damn difficult to to distract for a little bit. I did race that. Uh, I did race a couple weeks ago on iRacing. Um, they have that track, um, and I raced it with the old. With, with technically the ARCA cars, but it was the old Gen 4 cars, and that track is slicker. That track is... Ugh, it is slicker than a fucking banana peel on a freshly laxed floor. There is no grip to be found there whatsoever. So I understand the whole, like, drivers sliding and slipping and wrecking. Like, I get it. There is no fucking grip on that track. Coda will be different, though, because Coda's a, newer, a newer-ish track. When did that track get built? Like, 2010? I think, or 2009, something like that. that. Sounds it, about right. The first race there was, was it 11? Or I, I was, Part of me wants to say it was 13 or 15. I know it was an odd number of year, I think. Yeah, it was, It was. it's it's a newer facility, but there's definitely going to be a lot more grip, but that's not to say the cars are going to be missing corners and everything else because that track is so technical. It is... It, that track is literally like if you took the best parts of about six different worldwide courses and put them together and made them all together in one course, that's Coda. Right. Yeah, they took some of the most famous road course corners and tried to build them all into one. Damn right. And you're going to get that. Uh, there's obviously the main straightaway, but then there's the longer like backstretch straight away that leads into a very sharp left-hand corner. I wonder how many people are going to miss that thing, not only just in practice, but they're going to continue missing that in the race. <laughs> Can you imagine the ratings for practice this week? They're going to be like, we need more practice. Because I, I, yeah. I really do wonder how many people are going to have an off-track excursion just because of how technical this track is. Yes. I see a lot of a people, lot of people. that whole turn that heartburn turn at, at the Charlotte Roval type of thing. Like, oh what? yeah. How many people blew it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everybody watch out for that two car. He might lead the fucking troops off the cliff again. Yeah, controller disconnected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you you know all about that, yes, like that I Forza do. stuff. Oh yeah. Happened a few times in NASCAR too. <laughs> is that before or after you threw the controller? I never threw a controller during the race. <laughs> I, I I could say I think I did once. Actually, no. I never threw a controller. I threw the headset. The controller was too expensive. I didn't want to have to replace a controller. Uh, I, I, I definitely wrecked some people on purpose. I don't throw my shit like that usually. I remember. Just, yeah, I don't know. I, did I wreck... Kapaloo on purpose. I don't know. There's there's a few I'm people I've definitely I've dumped some people on purpose for I'm sure. I'm pretty fucking sure as annoying as Cap was, you definitely wrecked him once. I'm pretty fucking sure of it. Oh 
he started it. Of course he's not. Like, he started everything. Yeah, I'm not going to say I started shit with any... I think I started shit with you once at Xfinity at Bristol. That was just a tough race. Well, that was just racing. <laughs> that might have been, yeah. I just remember, I don't remember... I getting into it under caution. I think you came up to my fender and were like, hey, fuck fifth. <laughs> hey, you, with the fucking baby over there. What are you doing over there? Yeah. What are you doing, bro? No, actually, no, that's not how it worked out. I was faster than you, and I was just kind of... I was trying to go around you. I'm trying to remember. I was trying to go around you, but I was trying to do it gingerly because you, you were me? riding my lane. Oh, and I think I, I, think I yeah. punted you going into turn three. I don't think you wrecked. But you went up to the wall and hit the wall and then spun out. But I don't think anybody hit you because you you got away kind of fairly clean. Yes. And I then, remember I spun in front of the field type of thing. And then uh, under caution because we were running manual cautions. Yeah. So we were all – we still had control of our cars and we were under caution. And you kind of came up to me and kind of – if if the game would have showed it, it had a you'd, you'd have been pointing a number one at me. <laughs> And I'd have just been, i just been waving back at you like the dickhead that I am. Like, hey, how you doing, buddy? Uh, yeah. How's the view back uh, there? Oh uh, yeah, get your car and get your car faster next time. What's that rear spring jacked up to? That's right. <laughs> that was before that though. That was before. That was before that setup. That setup was so loose, but for me, it was so fast. And for you, it just could not drive it. Yeah, it was like driving on ice. It looked like Keselowski today. Uh, every time you went into the damn corner, that thing fucking slid right up the track. <laughs> yeah, that it was that that car was just all over over the place they get. To to enlighten the fans that are what that are listening to this right now, this was a race on NASCAR 09 in Nuff World. I forget what year. I think it was 2010. I think it was 2010 or 2011. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was um, a spring race at Bristol. Yes, and I had found out a secret from somebody else that in order f- the way that you could keep the wear off the right front and run as fast as you could was to stagger the rear springs. And, I, and what I mean by that is stiffen up the right rear and drop the left rear. Well, that makes the car very loose. Now, I had a wheel. Ethan had a controller. I told Ethan about this magical setup. I said, dude, you need to try this. And I was running pretty good with it. I was really loose, but I could manage it. Ethan, on the other hand, on his controller, that thing... No grip whatsoever. Long story short, we start this 500 lap race at Bristol. And, and for context, I didn't have anything that was running faster than what Dale had, and I didn't really have any practice with this setup, maybe 10 minutes. So it probably wasn't the brightest idea for a science experiment, but we tried it anyway. And it, we failed later, or so. Failed miserably. Um,. Nine cautions within the first hundred laps, yeah, I think. I parked it. And you were all nine, I think. Yeah, I was. I was a healthy amount of them, that's for sure. It was. I it was, was in not most pretty. Of them. It was not pretty. When you, you got the rear it. springs jacked up, or not jacked up, staggered that much, you can only th- like take the track. 
back bar down so much air pressure it so much to set that yeah that was that was bad change the spring during the race no they don't (laughs) and i i will say i i can look back and laugh now and i know you could probably look back and laugh now but i felt so bad for you because i was like i'm just trying to help you out man and i'm like you know i did i felt so bad oh it's all good did you at least win that race no i did not um fresh fresh njg who actually was the person that taught me about that trick ended up winning the race he stomped the fucking field dude he i think i finished like fourth after the combination of like the the track a and track b results were put together i think i finished fourth which isn't bad but never could quite figure out bristol honestly i want a rsn race there but Never got a never got enough World Five Hundred lap race win in there. I finished second. Um, I finished second to somebody. I forget who the hell I finished second to, but he was. It was like his first career win, and I was like, "That's cool." Like, <laughs> I can't even be mad about that. Yeah, I remember him. He, I vaguely remember him. He had some speed here and there. Oh yeah, he did. He did. I forgot his name, and I, if he's listening, I apologize. I forgot your name, but congrats, congrats. <laughs> But that was, that again, that was good times. That was good times. Yeah, the light shined on your ass a couple of times. Although, it seemed like whenever it seemed like every time that the light was gonna shine on your ass, somebody else like whipped out their dick and p- decided to piss on it. Like a, there was a couple times that you were running really, really strong. Yeah, it was either that or my connection. There was a race in Chicago land. I remember that, that Chicago gifts, Land race. That was the Gifts connection. He lagged into me. I had a five-second lead. It was Kelly Senior's setup, and I was running away with it. It was like 45 laps into the race, and he pitted for something and came out and lagged up into me, and I wound up going from leading to like 13 laps down. Yeah, that sucked. I tried. I think that was the race I tried an experimental setup where I had a, a nine bump and nine rebound on all four corners. Ah, it was weird. I mean, it, really low. I couldn't remember most of the setups that I ever used, but I had very low front bias in that car, and I had a nine and a nine all the way around, and it drove weird. But for some reason, it was pretty quick. The only reason why I think I got beat in that race was I think it came down to fuel strategy. I think Abbott won that race. I remember. Charlotte, you were also real quick, real good, and then Billy the Kid oh, fixed that one up. I would have I had me a 600. I would have had me a, a 600. Oh. I hadn't got shot to the uh, friggin' billboard. I had a car that could have done some damage. Oh my god. I remember that. Yep, that was I remember under that. caution. I remember seeing, going down the backstretch and seeing your car go over the Goodyear, Goodyear billboard like somebody had hit a home run over it. Yeah. <laughs> go figure. That was your car. That's exactly what happened. That wasn't that was no baseball. That was that was a thirty four hundred pound stock car that I saw go over that fucking Goodyear billboard. Yeah. Cause he had that issue where he it would like for some reason it would disconnect him. But his car would stay in the server. Yeah. And it, he wouldn't show up on the mini map. He would stop being scored, but he would still be on the track. Yeah. So needless to say, when you went in off in a turn three or something like that, like his car 
was there, but you didn't know he was there. Yeah, essentially. Just to put a bow on that Chicago land, though, I do think I won the RCRL race on whatever track I was on the night after that. I think it was track B. I think you did. Yeah, I think I remember that. So you got a little bit of redemption on that Chicago one, which was nice. I remember you... um, I remember you stomped the crap out of me and everybody else at a Kansas race in the league that I was running. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I led every lap that uh, of that one. Yeah, you did real good with that one. Stomped the crap out of I that. Wanna, I want to race at Dover in your league. That was my first league one with you guys. At least that was uh, had a, a number forty tide car. It was like a reverse Ricky Craven. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was a nice-looking car, too. <laughs> that was nice-looking. I'll never fucking forget, though. I will never forget your first race coming in Enough World. I had already been in a league for a little bit, and then you came in along with Kelly around the same time. And your first race, I think, was Auto Club, and you came in and won the damn race. Oh, and I was Auto, like, no, Auto Club was my second one. I think my first oh, one second was race. my... My first one was like Bristol Night Race, I think. Or maybe it was Bristol. Oh, that's something like that. But either way, you came in and you were real new, and then you won at fucking Auto Club, like yeah, right Auto off the Club. rip. That was it. Was definitely Auto Club. That was my second one. I came I came in there because of Kelly Junior, and then I met you. Or yeah. Kelly Senior. That's a, yeah. Okay. Because that was um. And I never, I'll never forget that because you and Kelly had a real good battle. That coming down to the line, coming down that day, and yeah, I was not, of... I was not very good. I think I was a couple laps down, but I was not very good. But I was like, damn, look at this guy go. He's new to this league and he's already winning races. Look at that. <laughs> I got, I got lucky as fuck to be honest with you. Or I was in the right place at the right time. So it was seven o'clock that night, and. You know, we got to be in the room at like 7.30, I think is what it used to be. That type of thing. I think it was 7.30, but yeah, yeah. Well, I was I was messing around. I was in a public room just like trying to get some practice and do a quick race. And I got a setup. Someone was giving one out. <laughs> in the lobby. And I didn't have shit. So I was like, alright, this takes care of my homework assignment. So I pu- I punched the setup in, and sure enough, I ran some laps with it, and I was like, "Oh, this is better than anything else I got for sure." <laughs> so and then he goes out, we wins went. a five five hundred miles later, ends up winning his first race enough with that setup. It wasn't it wasn't super fast, I don't think, and compared to other people, I had a red engine too. That didn't probably didn't help matters, but at the same time, it didn't really seem to hurt either. But I think it it may not have been the fastest setup, but it sure as hell was very consistent. Well, there was some carnage in that race. I know Abbott got taken out. I think Abbott was pissed at like driving Mankey. Uh, who wasn't pissed at driving Mankey? But I mean, <laughs> there was some. That's, right. that's... Or, or maybe it was uh, what the fuck? I can't remember his name. Primo de Don. Maybe they got in there. I know he and Abbott didn't really oh, yeah. get along at times. Oh yeah, that's right. Primo to Don, I remember. Yeah, I remember. I think I modified a Pocono setup for that race, and it just did not work out. I was not fast at all. I think I ended up like fifth or something, which ain't bad. But 
ended up fifth, but like three laps down, it was it, it, in the list of a stiller career that I had. That was definitely one of those just like benign kind of races. Or just like, ah, eh, I was there. <laughs> You're just kind of there. I was just there. <laughs> It was cool though, and he still got. I think he still has it on his YouTube channel. The, the finish of that race, anyway. I think he does. Wills, because uh, he was recording it. Yeah, I remember that. He got a picture of my my silver bullet before the before the race started. Yeah, man. Oh, so you know everybody's racing next weekend, right? Trucks, Xfinity, and uh, Cup. All yeah, everybody's racing. Yep, everybody's racing at Coda next weekend. I think this is the first time in a while that. All three, I think maybe the first time since Daytona that all three are actually racing at the same uh, track. Everybody was at Atlanta. Oh, they were. Okay. But it's still real early in the season. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised. I I don't think, I was. I think Martinsville's only got one truck race this year. I don't remember them being there yet this year. I don't know if I'm wrong on that or not. Either way, it's going to be a good weekend of racing this weekend. It's going to be highly entertaining. I can't wait to see everybody race at Coda. Like you said, the trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. That's going to be some shit you got to watch. I can't wait for that. All day, for sure. I'm going to be lazy. If you want to call me lazy, I'm going to call myself a homer. But I'm taking Martin Trucks Jr. And the world can <laughs> hate me for it. I... I Got, I gotta show some faith in my guys because today was not <laughs> at all pretty. Yeah, what in the hell happened? You started know. like up front. I don't know. It, Speaking it was, of, it, it, it what? Uh, I actually asked Matt. We, let me pull up Twitter real quick. I'll I'll tell you. I'll give. I'll ask you a little bit of what this means because this is right up your alley and what what. Where we want to go with what we what we do on here? Ooh, I like it. Feed me. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this was a little bit of uh, Martin's radio transmission. Quote: Just no grip at loading. No grip in the car on both ends. End quote. So I asked, "What does at loading mean?" And Weaver's response was, "It's transition in the center of the corner when you turn the car." The way the weight shifts in geometry, how you plant the car and get it turning is loading. Mm. What do you make that of that? Sense. That's when this at loading, yeah. the way that I, especially at Dover, the way that I interpret that is the way that the suspension, as you talked about earlier, there's the the drop going into the corners. There's the 15 foot drop going into turn one. Um, Obviously, loading to me is when the suspension compresses when you get into the corner. Imagine you're going down the front straightaway. You take the left, and that car drops into that corner. There's obviously going to be that part where you turn into the corner. The car is going to be up, 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 and then finally, yeah, you're all, you're you're turning left, but the car is falling, so it hasn't compressed yet. So when it finally gets, I don't know, an eighth of the way into the corner whatever the case is but when it when it finally lands going into the corner that suspension compresses and right. when it compresses it, you have to have all four springs and shocks and everything timed the right way and in harmony with each other if you yeah. have a car that lands and if it's 
Uh, to say if the right front spring is too stiff, it lands it lands too hard on the right front the car pushes up the track or if the right rear spring or the shock is too stiff or has too much rebound when it lands if it's too stiff it's gonna make that rear end slide kind of maybe like Kozlowski's car um they all everything has to be timed everything has to be harmonious with each other and but you also have to make sure that obviously when the car lands it's not on the splitter it's not dragging anything but you also have to mind that when the suspension compresses, the tires also flex, and there's a lot of give in the tires as well. A lot of people don't maybe understand that either. There's give in those tires. Well, and, it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, there was another, I don't know if Regan Smith reported it, but he said uh, at one point Martin said it felt like all four tires were going in different directions. Further speaking mm. to what I think you're getting at. Yeah, it, something about the suspension just wasn't right. Enough, it just right. It, it just wasn't it just wasn't the right combo. Not necessarily that something was wrong with the car. It was just it didn't have the right mechanical grip. It didn't have the right combo. You know, obviously the Hender cars they figured it out big time. Mm. <laughs> but uh, you know. Dover has always been big on mechanical grip, not necessarily aero grip. I mean, aero does play into some of it, but mechanical grip, stagger, stuff like that. Dover is a big thing with that. And finding that mechanical grip in the suspension build is mm-hmm. a lot of how you be fast at Dover. And it's it's just about finding that right combination. You know, obviously drivers have preferences too, but... You know, you got to get the driver that knows what they're looking for, and you got to find the right suspension and find the right timing on everything. You know, compression, rebound on each shock. It's just everything plays. Everything has to play into each other real nicely. And from what it sounds like with Truex, he said it feels like all the tires were in different directions. He just lacking that mechanical grip. You know, he was just lacking it. Um, Usually, what I think what they were talking about with him is that he was loose in, tight in the center, and loose off, which is like the worst thing that you can have as a race car driver. Like, because you're scared to get into the corner because it's loose in, and then the car won't turn in the center, so it can't, you can't get back to the gas. So you're off the gas going into the corner, you're off the gas waiting for it to turn, and then it's loose coming off, so you can't ever get back into the gas, like ever. (laughs) Right. You can't get back into the gas at all. And that's the worst thing that you could have. Not a good day. And JGR in general, like Hamlin was up there. But... Ex- you know what? Since we're going to go there, I expected a lot more out of uh, Christopher Bell today. Yeah, he was not fast at all. Like That, that blew me away. I mean, I understand with Kyle Busch and stuff like that. Like Once they figured him out, he was good. Like Once he went seven laps down because of the spark plug wire issue... He never went another lap down. Like he was he was he had good speed. So he could have been up there if he not had an issue. Um but Denny Hamlin was the only JGR car in the top ten. Christopher Bell, I don't know where he went to. Maybe he and Truex maybe had the same basic premise of a setup, but they were nowhere to be found. Truex shocking as hell that he just he started up front and then led a couple of the first laps and then was gone. He was out of sight. 
Yeah, he led the first 15, and then it was just like falling like a rock to the bottom of the ocean from there. I really expected more out of JGR. I mean, yeah, if Kyle Busch had been up there, we might be—I might be singing a different tune. But uh, Kyle Busch yeah. was only two tenths off the the quickest pace, I believe. Yeah. Once he once his engine gremlins simmered down. Yeah, once they plugged that plug wire back in, somebody at the shop didn't do their job. <laughs> somebody well, I mean, at the shop didn't do their job. I bet you, well, going back to his comments last year, he was the one that one of the ones that was more prominently discussing practice. I bet you he's excited to practice next week because, holy sure. shit, you actually get to shake your car down next week. I bet, you, I bet you a lot more people are excited to practice next week than they want to admit. I'm sure. Uh, we haven't had practice since the beginning of last year, before COVID hit. I think didn't the last have, race... It, didn't we have practice in Daytona this year? Uh, We had practice at Bristol, but that was obviously because oh, it was dirt. dirt. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we had practice at Daytona. I know they qualified at Daytona, but I don't think they had practice. So, not entirely sure. I may have to double-check my records on that one, but I know that they practiced at Bristol, which was a little more recent, mm. because it was dirt. Um... But, yeah, no, I think we're – it's – I've never been more excited to have practice because, obviously, when we had the Speed Channel back in the day and they would show everything, practice and qualifying and everything, yeah, that was wonderful. Uh, Speed Channel went away, and then I think not just me, but I think the rest of the NASCAR fans in general kind of kind of took it for granted like, oh, yeah, they're practicing again. Like, eh, I won't tune in this this time for practice. Maybe I'll watch final practice or something. But now that we've got it taken away from us, and now we're getting it back, and people are going to be like, yes, yes, we got practice back again. Yeah. I I, I, I can't blame people. I mean, I'm sure... Any, well, any kind of NASCAR programming, is it's good to get the sport out in front of eyes, period. Just for Not just for ratings, but just for exposure and growth in general. Absolutely. And especially talking CODA. CODA, obviously painted very heavily in f1 colors and now they're welcoming nascar into their playground so uh, you're in a new track with possibly what is a different demographic i know it's texas but it's still a different demographic so it's always good exposure practice qualifying and racing for all three series thumbs up I, I, you can't get any more exposure or more attempt at more exposure than that. I, yeah, I think it's, I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't have any kind of apprehension about how this race is going to pop off. I think it's going to be a huge hit. Austin is known as like a, a really cool place. Um, I think the, I think this race has a chance to be like a hit for the demographic going forward uh, as far as like expanding it. I agree. Yes. I cannot agree more. Uh, I know that. You know, let's see, Austin, what, where else are we going this year? Uh, Wisconsin, we're going up to Road America. Um, like, we're not done. I mean, this, this Nashville, and there's going to be more tracks as we. Mm-hmm transition into this new era of nascar yeah i agree and you never know you might see some old faces come back too 
Um, I know that there was a big thing about Wilkesboro coming back, and I and and that's gonna happen. But like, I think it's gonna give it five years. That's not happening years. next year. No, what no, I no. do think, what I do think will happen is that. Have you heard anything out of Rockingham recently? Uh, no, but that's. I don't know. I, I try not to think about Rockingham because I would love that much to go back there. Yes, I, I think, don't want to be disappointed. I think that Rockingham staying awful quiet right now. I think they're hard at work. I wouldn't be surprised if you hear something within the next year or two about that track. That's that's Ooh. my opinion. I think they're hard at work on something right now. Because the last time I checked, Rockingham was in far better shape than what Wilkesboro is. Mm-hmm. Far better shape. I mean, asphalt may be a little bit wore out, but other, aside from taking down, taking down the agriculture and trimming everything down pretty well ready to go in my at last at least the last time i checked i would love about nothing more than for them to go back to rockingham that would be just amazing it would i would love to see it we wouldn't have to have mr clean speedway anymore shout out nascar 05 yeah that's right (laughs) i would love to see the national fairgrounds well if they can get past all this crap that's been going on about the fairgrounds and whatnot if they can get past all that all the negativity that's been going on like i don't know if you heard about that or you seen some of the people reacting to like talking about no like don't race here like Mm -hmm. the one lady that says we have five f1 tracks that are around us like if you're gonna make an argument at least like one actually said that i thought that was bullshit no somebody actually said that Somebody actually said that. And it, I was like, if you're going to make an argument, at least make an informative argument. Don't just spew off at the mouth. Because you no. think... There's people that know what they're talking about, and there's people that think they know what they're talking about. <laughs> there's a whole lot of thinkers. There's a whole lot of thinkers. Exactly. But that girl was like, we have five F1 tracks around us. I'm like, where? Yeah, um, you have five where? F1 tracks in your head. This isn't yeah. fucking Europe. Yeah, I got five F1 tracks around me. Yeah, there, there's Lime Rock, there's fucking Stafford, Thompson, uh, Waterford. Oh, wait a minute. Those well, aren't F1 uh, tracks. Thompson, Thompson ain't an F1 track, but Thompson's got like a whole bunch of different layouts. Yeah, they do. They, they're actually kind of known for their road course. I, I think that's what that track is transitioning to, unfortunately. Yeah, but their their road course was very. It's newer. I think they repaved it not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, it's it's like new, but it. it's old. Like the the road course, they've been running road course races since the sixties. There. Yeah. Or fifties, whenever the place opened, I think. It, it, some of those arguments are ridiculous. It's funny too because like these people like they're like this is the same girl. The same girl that I've just talked about said, like, we got into this house for very, very cheap. And I'm like, well, no shit. You (laughs) moved into a house that was next to a racetrack. You knew this coming in. Like, why are you going to knowingly move to a house that's next to a racetrack and then complain about the racetrack? Why are you going to do that? What are you doing when you're moving in here? Come on now. 
Exactly. Like the people that it's sad to see because I drive by I drive by Lime Rock a lot of times and mm-hmm. there's it's not very far from local residential housing out there. It's kind of in the boonies. It's in the very 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 northwest corner of the state. It's like I could probably get out of my car and throw a rock and the rock will probably land in New York. But mm-hmm. uh, it's there's houses around there. But the problem is is that the houses all there. there kind of that that kind of line down the front straightaway you know parent like parallel to the front straightaway of the track they they all have signs there it says no racing like we Mm. don't support racing wow really again you live next to a racetrack you moved here this track has been here for how many years i know you ain't been here for as long as that track ain't before the track was here so don't like it get the fuck out that's what I say. Or at least if if there's a big race weekend, go do go do something. Go fucking do something. Like, okay, so you know that there's going to be major events. I don't know. Let's just say 10 times a year there's major events. Like, let's say IMSA goes there once a year. I know they used to, but they don't anymore. Um IMSA goes there, or God forbid, oh, we're going to have a standalone truck series race at Lime Rock. Okay, oh, so you know this well. Race at Lime Rock would be intense. Would be dope. I feel like that'd be dope as hell. But just throwing it out there, like as a pipe bomb dream, I, I don't, it, it can't handle a cup race. I'm fine with that. But if we can get like a standalone truck race or maybe like a doubleheader or Xfinity truck race up there, I, think, I feel I think like they could do that. A, I think it can handle a truck race. I think you can throw a tri- I think you can throw a cup race anywhere once at least. Yeah, I think so too. I think you could throw a cup race there. I don't. I think I'd rather see a truck race there first before I would throw a cup race at Lime Rock. But even still, you would have plenty of time. To know in advance, hey, the Camping World Truck Series is coming in our backyard in, let's just say, in October. God forbid. It's late It's early October. You know what? For shits and giggles, let's give them a fall September date like the, like the New Hampshire race was. You have plenty of time in advance to know what's going on. Prepare yourself. Make plans. If you don't fucking like it. Go somewhere else for the day or two. Go somewhere for the weekend. Or you could do what I would do. Sit on your fucking rooftop and watch the damn race for free. Because <laughs> I don't have to pay for tickets. Because you could probably see it. Some people just want something to bitch about too. I think that's important to remember in all this. Right. It, it always looking for... Always wanting to complain about something. Always looking... You know why people always want to complain? Because they're looking for a free handout for something. Look I don't think that's that, that's quite the parallel to draw when we're talking about. I, I don't think they're looking for a free handout here. I, I just don't think they want to hear race cars. That's uh, I mean that's true. I get it if you're not a race fan or anything, but even still, even if you're not a race fan, like go do something. Go right. to the mall. Go go do something. You don't have to stay in your house and listen to it if you don't like it. Like and it don't. It's only five ten times a year. Big deal. It, you know, it, the amount of money that that racetrack draws for your town hmm? is 
better than anything else that you could come against it. You have so many people coming in, spending money, spending money at the track, spending money with the vendors, you know, staying in town, eating. It's an an economic boom. Exactly. It's an Um, economic boom. What's the saying? Like when NASCAR comes to town, it's like the circus comes to town for a weekend. Exactly. So you don't have to be a fan of the circus, but at least, uh, you know. If your circus it, even if you puts your, but the circus puts your town on the map for exactly like, appreciate what the event does for your community mm-hmm. as a whole, not just oh, I'm gonna be momentarily inconvenienced for a few days here and there because we're making money as a as a town. <laughs> exactly. Like, I... All right, if you want to be that way. <laughs> yep, want to be that way? Yeah. Or the least thing you could do is least thing you could do is not be so mad you know what maybe maybe go check out the race maybe go check out the circus you know give it a chance you know you know i'm not the biggest hockey fan i'm not the bit you know like i know you're into hockey i'm not the biggest hockey fan i'm not you know i'm not a basketball fan or anything like that but if somebody was like hey yo let's uh you know, let's go check out the basketball game tonight. Let's go watch. Let you know what? Well, let's go watch the Bruins. All right, let's go watch the Bruins. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan, but I'm gonna go check it out and watch. Right. And I'd be fine with it. And I might enjoy myself. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, I'll never go to a baseball game again, but I tried. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Is that like you tried? You know what? If you don't like it, then whatever. You don't like it. Don't sit there and complain about. I just don't sit there and complain about it. Like, do something. I don't know. No, I got you. That makes sense. The the locals are the the reason why New Hampshire hasn't gotten lights yet is because the locals bitch about it. They don't want racing at nighttime. Oh, which sucks. They they're literally like trying for that. Remember, uh, like ten years ago. When they said, "Oh yeah, we," they ended up getting like approved by the local board to put lights in, but oh, they didn't. Oh yeah, 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 I remember that. They got approved. They got the approval to put the lights in, but the locals were fighting it. The locals fought it, and they still haven't put lights in at New Hampshire, which really irritates me because I feel like New Hampshire would put on a badass night race. Yeah, I got a bone. Yeah, I got a bone to pick with somebody back home then. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I agree. It's. It, I, <laughs> I wish they'd bring the trucks it, back to New Hampshire. Speaking of races, that New no. Hampshire should have. Yeah, the trucks always put on a decent race in New Hampshire. Always, they always did. Even the Xfinity series, that like. Okay, sure, some of the cup races maybe haven't been super great, but, like, the trucks have always been a good race to watch. Always. Hmm? Oh, they, I've never seen, kind of almost in the same sense of the modifieds, I've never seen a bad modified race at New Hampshire. I've never seen a bad truck race at New Hampshire. Yeah, I don't think that exists. No, it doesn't. <laughs> a bad modified race at New Hampshire, I don't know that that's a thing. That's That's just something that doesn't exist in the same sentence it's just it doesn't (laughs) non-racing people irritate me i want to this this lady 
I, as much as I can respect people trying to make their opinions known, mm-hmm. I hate stupidity. And this lady was stupid. I wanted to strangle her because she didn't know what the hell she was talking about. She said. Well, she was talking. That's why she was. Oh, there's five F1 tracks in your us, and and this, that, the other thing, and, oh, and the blah Nashville blah blah. Okay. Oh my god, yeah, the Nashville lady. She irritated me. Like, <sighs> people make me want to hurt them because they <laughs> lack common sense. It's like George Carlin once said, I have a very low tolerance level for stupid bullshit. I wonder, yeah. I wonder if George Carlin had a, a tolerance for much. Because, I mean, he got pretty frustrated with bits of great points up on stage. I'll say that. Yeah. But I think he was, like, he was tested over the years by people. Oh, I'm sure. Just like I get tested every day by people. You know? This is so funny. He was just talking about... Uh, one of his stand-up, he was like, all the things that I said over the years, and obviously I've said many things over the years. He's like, but I want you to understand something. I like people. And everybody starts laughing. He's like, he's like, I do. He's like, I do like people. He's like, but I like people in short bursts. He's like, yeah. I can deal with you for a little while. But once you get around minute, minute and a half, I gotta get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Kind of like how I am because, I mean, I could deal with people, but people, when you give people enough time, especially when they're not your friends and somebody you disagree with, the more time you give them, the more time that they have to tell you about their stupid shit that you don't care about. <laughs> Imagine you got a few customers you really don't like dealing with. Oh, yeah. I could go off on a tangent, but I'm going to hold that off for another for another episode. <laughs> As far as my pick for Coda, and I might be picking the low-hanging fruit here. You're going with your man, Truex. I'm going yeah, with yep. Elliot. All right. Yeah, going with that, Elliot. That's the right thing to do. Because I, I, I love, I, I'm a fan. Not only am I just Not biased because I'm an fan, Elliot fan. He's been doing it. Like, he's just he's, been on yeah. it lately. He has. I mean, this third-place finish at Dover was a good shot in the arm for him because he's been good. He's been a top 10 driver, but he hasn't really seemed to have that that speed for the top five. So a third place finish at Dover was good. It was a good shot in the arm. Obviously, Hendrick as a whole, one through four, was wonderful, but a good shot in the arm for that Napa team because they're the only Hendrick team that has not won this year, believe it or not. Alex Bowman's Bowman got two. two dubs. How about that? Freaking unbelievable. It was awesome to see that 48 in victory lane, too. I. Yeah, 48 Dover. It, it just wow. It 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 Seamless meshed. Transition. Yeah, it meshed, man. But yeah, it was a good in the arm for that that nine team, that 48 team winning at Dover. That was so cool. And I I got number nine engine engine number nine to win at Coda. Yeah, we'll see if the the 19 team has their act together next week. I'm I'm sure after this week they're gonna be like wanting to go out and show their uh, show their metal, show their worth. Hell yeah, engine engine number nine, choo choo, motherfuckers. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate y'all very much for tuning in to the R and D podcast, your home for real NASCAR discussion, and we kind of hit on a lot of topics here today. But I appreciate you guys coming in and enjoying the ride here with this episode, episode number four. Um, 
yeah, it was it was a blast, man, as usual. Any uh any uh final comments from you there, Ethan? Um as a Truex fan, glad today is over with. As a NASCAR fan, uh I'm just stoked for Coda. <laughs> so let's let's get after <laughs> it. Hell yeah. I agree, brother. I agree. So let's do it again, man. Thank you all very much for tuning into the R and D podcast again. My name is Dale and that was Ethan. Thank y'all so much, very much, for tuning in and listening to this episode. Hope you guys having a great day wherever y'all are. Hope everything's going good. We will see you guys on the flip side on the next episode. Good luck to all your favorite drivers in Coda this weekend in the Cup, Xfinity, and Truck Series. And we'll see you guys then. Be safe, have fun, and as Ethan always says, stay metal. <laughs> Later, folks. Let's get ready to turn left and right. So. Damn right, ladies and gentlemen. So until then, take care of yourselves, everybody. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in to the R&D Podcast. We are out of here. Deuces!